You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Okay, so God addresses our weaknesses as strength. Yeah. So he sees the potential. So uh, I started looking into that and stuff like, what does he call us? How does he look at us? Then I started to, that's how I landed into, oh, ambassador, he calls us sons. So that kind of build you up just to know what he thinks of you. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I am Taylor and we have a special guest this morning. And Jose, would you like to introduce yeah. our special guest? He was our special guest on Sunday morning, Pastor Patrick and Pandy. Thank you again for being with us this morning and for being with us on Sunday. It was an awesome message, and I hope that you were encouraged by the response of uh, the people of the church. Yes, I was. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I felt like this is home. Let me mm. stay right here. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so excited, and I felt so honored. And the whole time I tried to maintain my composure because, you know, honestly, the love um, mm. from the church, you could feel it on the stage that this is just awesome place mm. to be. Mm. And so I'm really impressed. I'm really happy to be here. I thought it was so neat to hear just even the background with Cyprus because I didn't realize how long you knew Pastor Rob and how long you've been connected to the church. What has it been like for you just to to see, uh, just be a part of this partnership and just see the way guys use your ministry over the, the decades? I, for me, I learned a lot from uh, Cypress Creek Church. And um, Pastor Rob is a slow guy and a lot of wisdom there. Wisdom. and. He looks at you and yes. respond one question at a time and take his time. But man, I've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, our relationship um, is so deep that when he came to Zimbabwe some years ago, I didn't know what was going to come out of it, but that was just the beginning. And uh, he continued to bring teams there. And when we moved to the States, People were saying, are you going to New York? Are you going to Los Angeles? And no, Wembley. <laughs> and, and then they would say, Wembley? Where is that at? <laughs> well, it's in Texas. Why Wembley? <laughs> Who's there? Then uh, I couldn't explain everything because they couldn't understand why would you come to a small town like Wembley. But um, it's an amazing place. Yeah, good things come out of small places. That's Bibli- right. Biblically, too. Beth- Bethlehem was a small wow. town. That's right. Right? I mean, there you go. hey. hey. Uh, we're, we're, you, you had a great, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. Uh, you had a great message, Patrick, on Sunday. We want to jump in and dive into that. But first, how are things back in Zimbabwe? How are things at your church? I uh, love how you went straight to the word uh, in the message you gave us. But I'd love to share, have a little bit of time for you to share kind of what things are like uh, back home for you. We, we are on transition. And we have a lot of young people that are coming into the kingdom. And um, it's, it's a new experience for senior citizens to see another generation joining us. Mm. And so that transition, um, what can I say? I, I think it's going to bring a new infusion in the body. Mm. And um, what we are trying to do is to conscientize the senior citizens to hold back. Don't, because <laughs> young people, they come with their own style of worship, style mm. of everything. Mm and yeah, new stuff and new ideas. 
So we senior citizens are having a hard time coping. <laughs> but it's a, it's, it's a cool thing, though. It's a cool thing. So what we have done is um, we are shifting many, many positions to young people. They have a different vision, but we are really excited to see God using them. It's, it's amazing. Wow. It's like something that you have never experienced before is obviously you'll be shocked to say, oh, whoop, whoops, you know. <laughs> but now we are learning to, to live with this new generation that's coming in. And um, so we'll, we have a future. That's right. That's a beautiful word right there, future, because sometimes we can only think about the here and now, or we can think about what things have been like, but but God is moving and shifting and uh, reaching, and, and you people are continually, he's, he's the God of the generations. And so the fact that we're able to see this shift, we, we, we saw it with the handoff between Rob and I, and, and that really Odd me, like it was incredible to see God's move through that. It wasn't him, it wasn't me, it was it was the Lord, I think, with this idea of passing the baton on mm-hmm. to the next mm-hmm. generation. Uh, one thing that I wanted to ask you, Patrick, is could you tell us how many churches um, are you over? What does that look like? Because Taylor, you said church, um, but tell us a little bit about you know the work over there in Zimbabwe. We have 18 churches that we network with. Well, when I say we network with, we plant a church, we establish leadership, we train the leader, and then we move in. Well, we've done this over probably, what, 35 years now. <laughs> and um, th- so those churches are now established. Mm. And, we, they, and then they continue to be auto. They just start to grow. One church will grow another. Smaller church here, smaller church there, just like mushroom. <laughs> so, um, and we have um, a pastor's conference every February. And... So from all these 18 churches, the pastors and their deacons and, and their teams, they come for training. We stay with them for three days hmm. and we get people to come and help us facilitate and everything. So that has kept the church together. That has kept the body of Christ intact. So it's an excitement to see that happen. And now, like I say, I don't have to be involved much now because the wheel is now turning hmm. and, and, and they're just multiplying themselves as, as they go. So... Uh, I think it's a great feeling in that when this life is over, things continue. It's, right. it's an exciting thought just That's to know right. that, hey, I can be anywhere and nothing changes. It's a cool thing. Yeah, so I, I just want to both encourage you in saying way, way, way to go on, on the handing off of the baton. And then as somebody who now has the baton, man, honor is so important. Honor is a a kingdom part of our kingdom culture. We, we read about that in Romans 12, how we are to outdo one another in showing honor. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I just want to honor you and the work that you've been doing for 35 years faithfully sowing seeds. Mm-hmm. And I do hope that it brings you great satisfaction to see just a part of uh, the fruit that you've been, that you've been sowing into. It's, it's, it's very exciting, to be honest. And I don't know how to express myself. Sometimes I cry. And because and, when you're doing it, you don't know what the outcome will be. Right. And, but when you look at it now, you see that, oh, okay, I remember you. You were in my Sunday school class. You were a small boy of, of 10 years old when you came here. And now you're a pastor. You're married and, and you have a church. <laughs> so to see that, it's, it's great. 
Yeah. You shared a part of that story, your story on Sunday and just how God gave you a sense of purpose and a sense of calling that you got to step into. Uh, how how personal was the message on Sunday talking about being an ambassador of Christ? We looked at this verse in 2 Corinthians 5, 20, being ambassadors for Christ. What? How does that, how, how did you land on that as the message? What, what made you choose that as kind of the central key verse for us for, to share with us on Sunday? I think it was... Um... The idea of something pounding in you all the time as to who am I? These questions are very difficult to forget. Why am I here and things like that? And um, that's number one. Number two, sometimes the enemy comes and starts to tell you yeah. that you're nothing. That's you, right. And so when I saw that, I started to to search for what does God think about me? Who, who, who am I? What What is he saying about me? It reminded me of the story of in Judges where Gideon was hiding. And and the angel of the Lord came and said, Gideon, you are a man of valor. Mm. And Gideon said, are you talking to me? Because yeah. I'm hiding here. Yeah. Things are rough. If you are God, where, where were you mm-hmm. when we got into all this? And God said, you're a strong man. Mm-hmm. So I started to think, okay, so God addresses our weaknesses as strength. Yeah. So he sees the potential. So uh, I started looking into that, and, and then I started digging stuff like, what does he call us? How does he look at us? Mm-hmm. Then I started to, that's how I landed into, oh, ambassador, he calls us sons. So that kind of build you up mm-hmm. just to know what he thinks of you. That's how I came up with that message. <laughs> that's so good. You touched on some key uh, pieces there. One in particular is the world and the enemy and how just trying to define that question of who am I? Uh, I love how you both address that on Sunday, but even just here right now, acknowledging that there's a lot of different people that are going to try to answer that question for us other than the truth that God has for us. Right. So how do both of y'all uh, discern and then continue to stay grounded in what God says about you versus listening to what maybe your flesh, maybe what the enemy, maybe what the world around you is trying to define you or or uh, say that you are? I think when I read those passages that I brought up, I started to understand my value in Christ. And I think we all have to constantly remind ourselves who we are. and Because if we don't, the enemy can interpret and tell us something else. That's why I said um, on Sunday that I don't know who is saying that you're no good, <laughs> mm-hmm. but God is saying this yeah. because we always have the multiple voices. Just from here to San Marcos, you can have a lot of messages that come through. Some of them tell you, you're wasting time. Quit what you're doing. It won't go anywhere. And, but we have to constantly continue to remind ourselves as to what God calls us. And then we don't have to see anything to believe that. We just have to take it by faith. Yeah, when we gather together and when we agree as a whole, like right now in this room, we're, we're agreeing that, that we're holding on to this fact in faith that we believe in a God who says that we are more than conquerors, that, that who, we, we believe in a God who came to die for us. Right, that's and, right. And, and pay the price that our sins deserved. And then he defeated death so that we can live with him mm-hmm. in eternity. Mm-hmm. You know, when we agree publicly, there, there's power there. That's why the gathering on Sunday morning is important. Uh, Ecclesiastes says a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. gathering with other believers and agreeing, that helps me remember who I am in Christ. So for mm-hmm. sure, the mental game is important. Being steadfast in prayer and in, in what the word actually says, also, we, we need to be with one another. Right. Otherwise, right. we will start thinking the way that, you know, 
the, the group that we surround ourselves starts thinking. We, that's our human nature. We will start conforming instead of really holding on to, to the truth. So that's, that's really important for me. God's word is true, regardless of the language, regardless of the country. But Patrick, you've got a chance to spend time in both countries. And I'd love to just get your thoughts on, on kind of what have you seen, but whether similarities or differences when it comes to applying this truth in particular, as far as living on purpose for God, living in our calling, living as ambassadors for Christ. I think um, America has done a great job in terms of sending missionaries out. People like me, there was no hope. I mean, hmm. um, we were stuck. I mean, we, we didn't have resources and we had our own ways of worshiping God because African people are spiritual people. They, they believe in the spirit. It's, it's a huge thing. But we didn't have enough knowledge about how to apply the Word of God. It was just knowing there's a God was all that we knew. But to apply the Word of God to us, it was not there until the missionaries started coming in and started opening Bible schools and teaching and so forth. So that completely transformed us. And um, now we come to the States. I know that um, in the States, it's a beautiful country to be. But there is um, a level of apathy that's setting yeah. in yeah. that we as ministers, I think, is something that we have to, to fight and ask God to increase grace on the land so that apathy will go away. Because it's like it's like a, a big blanket that's sitting on people. People just go like, we don't need this. They might not verbalize it, but you can see from the action that there's so much apathy setting in. And yet countries like America, Europe, they sent missionaries to us. And you'd expect when you come here to see fire, mm. fire, you know, the fire of Christ. Yeah. So this is where things started. Let's do it. You find it the other way around. Um, but it's a good thing in a way, though, that because African nations are now sending missionaries out right. to the West yeah. to, to awaken the giants. <laughs> and um, so for us, we are very thankful that the gospel, we, we got the gospel now. And if you, if you go to Africa now, you'll find that many nations in Africa, they are running their own show. They have their own Bible schools and missionaries are coming as guests and they come and, and impart and go and stuff like that. And even missionaries, when they come now, they, they, they will confess this. They'll say, you know what? I wish America would get to this level yeah. of spirituality yeah. and, and level of fire, being on fire for Christ like you guys do. Mm. And, um, but we complement each other. Yeah. And so I'm saying that um, America be ready because we are bringing it back. Amen. Hey, there you go. You heard it here first. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The, the, I want to say one thing to that, Taylor. That Apathy, I think, is due to uh, a sense of independence or deception that we are independent, that we can do things outside of God's strength. I think one one huge uh, gift that we have in many, most places in the world is you know that you're pretty powerless, mm -hmm. that it's hard, that, that this life is difficult, that there is a lot of suffering. And so then the gospel becomes more alive mm -hmm. because you have nothing else to hold on to. Yeah. There's no comfort. There, there, there's, there's few things that you can 
truly, that are dependable, that are man-made. And so only the spiritual, only these truths that transcend, um, you know, the spiritual realm into the physical can really bring us joy and comfort and peace. And uh, that that's one thing that I hope will change here, that we recognize that these things that we think, you know, make us independent are actually fleeting. These comforts may go away, mm, mm. but God never will. His <laughs> truth was the same as you said on Sunday, right. same yesterday, today, and will be tomorrow. You know, we went through COVID and uh, um, I think it was um, a lesson learned because suddenly nothing mattered anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, you are battling in your house, you are sick, you are thinking maybe I won't see tomorrow. Like me and my wife went through yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what I noticed is it's only God that will come to your rescue because, remember, there was no one who was allowed to come and see us. Mm-hmm. It was two of us in the house. This no, was back, back, in, back yes, in Zimbabwe. in Zimbabwe, correct. So no one could come to rescue. And that's when you realize, okay, now it's me and God. <laughs> and all of a sudden, everything that you ever have or thought or done becomes valueless every man for himself, you know, <laughs> because we're isolated. You couldn't move. Mm-hmm. That is just a sign to say there will be one time when everything will be taken away, everything will be gone, and you won't, be, you won't have any way to hold on. It, mm-hmm. it, was, it was quite a lesson, that COVID thing. I don't know how, how it, it devastated people here, but in Africa it was something else. It well. really was. I, I love the story you shared even on Sunday about if you're drowning and yeah. you're you're just on your last breath and someone hands you the car keys, you're like, I don't, I don't need this. <laughs> like that's not. Yeah, but yeah, just having that dependence. How I think that's something again. It's it's hard for all believers, but I think especially for us in America where we have a lot of our needs met, and if we have a need, we can usually either pay someone to meet it for us or find ways to to figure out our problems, solve our problems. But how do we continue to cultivate a heart of dependence on God? Because I remember you saying that someone may not believe in God or believe in healing, but as soon as they're on their deathbed or as soon as they're sick, then all of a sudden they're going to cry out to God. Mm-hmm. So how do we continue to cultivate a heart of dependence toward God, even if we're not in the hospital, even if we're not deathly ill? How, how do you continue to live in a posture of dependence? Well, I think the Bible is true about um, don't forsake the coming together. And I, I like what CCC does with cell groups. And community groups. Community groups. Yeah. Because when we, when we came here, that was the first thing that was an eye-opener for us to say, okay, during the week we meet and we fellowship and, and things like that. It's a great deal. Because if we stop encouraging each other like that, then all other stuff starts to set yeah. in and and then up, and then you are by yourself and nothing matters anymore. Then you, you're backsliding slowly and finally, you know, you don't have the vision and the direction to where you want to go. And finally, you're just weak and and finally you die spiritually. Yeah. So I think the coming together is the key. Fellowship and call each other, talk about scriptures, podcasts and, and all these things. They, they keep us going and they, they, they keep us thinking about God because in America, there's so much that is competing for your attention. Yeah. And um, there were times when I, I, I write a message on my phone, texting, trying to text someone, uh-huh. then I leave it halfway. <laughs> and then I forget. And then they, they call me back. We haven't gotten anything. I sent it. <laughs> I did. And then I look, it's still lying on my phone because, some, because something, something came up and I, yeah. I left it because there's so much competition for your attention. Mm-hmm. 
so much that before you know it, the sun is gone. Oh, I didn't pray today. Mm. Oh my gosh, it has been two days mm. because there's so much. So I think we have to be intentional mm. about God. We have to schedule. As we schedule things on our phones as to what we want to do, we need to include God in Amen. those schedules Amen. and with alarms. <laughs> and that's that's the only way that we'll be reminded to pray at what yeah. certain time. If it's five o'clock in the morning, put your alarm on and set it to say every five o'clock I'll get up and talk to God. If you don't have many words, just sit there and be available for God to minister to you. And it, it, you have to be intentional. It can just happen. Either you are controlling your week in this sense, or your week is totally controlling you. Right. And there's so right. many things that we can't control, but we can control us slowing down, closing our eyes. For me, I have a reminder, 1 p.m., I don't do it as often as I should, but I can't control closing my eyes and saying a quick word of prayer right. and acknowledging the presence of God that is already indwelling mm -hmm. inside mm -hmm. of me mm -hmm. and say, Lord, your will be done. What's going on? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? I love uh, I love that, Patrick, because it really does emphasize the significance of what we do on a Sunday morning when we go to community group, even when we listen to this podcast. This is all to glorify the name of God and to make his reality here here on earth as it is in heaven. That's right. And there's no better thing to do exactly. <laughs> than that. Exactly. It took me a long time to learn that, okay, in my phone, I would have different programs going and and schedules and stuff like that, reminders, except God was not there. I, I mean, prayer time was not there. And I had to learn it like anything else to put God also on my schedule to mm. say, okay, one o'clock to two o'clock, I have to turn my phone off mm. and, and have time with God. I don't have to be praying the whole time. I might read the Bible. I might just sit there and be available for him to minister to me. Huge. And, 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 and constantly then, even if I don't remember, it will come just like you want to go to work at one o'clock, you know, and, yeah. and then it becomes part of you. You are always reminded to do that. And it's so fantastic when you know God is in my programs because sometimes we feel guilty at the end of the day yeah. to say, oh How my gosh, it? the whole day, I never said a word about Christ, <laughs> you know? So we feel so bad, but if we schedule it, mm -hmm. then you know, and you feel so content that yeah. I spent my time with God today. Yeah, that's the fruit. It's, it's, that's yeah. It's the fruit of the spirit. Right. That comes that comes from that. I loved how you talked about being an ambassador and a citizen of heaven. And these are great little reminders. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. our citizenship here on earth or our residency. Right, right, right. <laughs> our temporary residency here here on earth uh, is very loud. And so having times to make a phone call <laughs> to our country of origin, yeah, right? And exactly. and say, hey, what, what do I need right now for uh, to do my assignment, mm -hmm. to do what I've been appointed uh, to? This is, man, we can go all day here. I'm, I'm loving this. So good. So good. Patrick, before we close, though, I'd love to ask how we can be praying for you and praying for your family and for the churches and your ministry as a whole. We need prayer to continue recruiting young people, recruiting, I'll use the word, uh, young people. It, the, my vision really is to see young people take over the work that we've done over the years mm -hmm. completely. Yeah. And um, it's, it's, on, it's on track, but I need more. I need more forces to, to more come workers. and help and, and just say, I, I, can't wait, I can't wait for a time when we'll say, okay, guys, bye. You know, <laughs> then we, take, we go away to the back seat. And I mean, 
And my heart goes out there mm. to say all those young people that are helping us and those that are being uh, trained at the school, mm. like I was saying, that they, they are growing in the ways of God. It's, it's amazing to see, to continue praying for our school as well. So we, we have that those points to pray. I do want to close by praying. Can, can we do that? Sure. Lord, we pray for more workers in Zimbabwe. And um, I honor our brother and friend Patrick and the work that he and his wife Gladys have been doing all these years. And we pray that it would continue for generations and generations. And Lord, we also ask for greater dependency. We take this moment in our day to recognize that we are not independent, but only dependent on you. And so we thank you for your love that sustains us. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming on board. Thank you. I love this. <laughs> Let's do it again. <laughs>